PFT Media. Hey, you guys. Hey, it's your buddy Peter. It's uh, around 7, what's it say, 7.13 on Wednesday, July 24th. And I just got done putting the finishing touches on episode 248. I believe I'm 99% sure that's right. It's my interview with uh, John Sparrow. He is the drummer for the Violent Femmes. Can't begin to tell you how stoked I was about this one. He, uh, I reached out to him, I, I believe it was on Instagram, and he immediately said yes. And he called up and we talked for a bit. And he is a charming fellow. He not only plays the drums, he, he plays a box, and I forget the name of it, but he explains it. And he plays a barbecue. He plays a Weber grill for the Violent Femmes. So how many times in your life do you get a chance to uh, talk to a guy who's toured the world playing uh, percussion on, on a barbecue for a band that you saw in 1988? when you were 20 granted he's a, he's been in the band i think he said since like uh 2009 or something but still very very cool just a fascinating dude good stories uh about his city and pub culture and traveling and cadillacs and music and we laughed i think he had a really good time and uh, I, I think you guys are gonna enjoy this if you're a fan of music or 80s music or or touring life or uh, traveling or pub culture or just fascinating stories. You're going to dig it. He's a cool guy. Give him a follow. Uh, and of course, I mean, you probably follow the Violent Femmes anyway. Why wouldn't you? I mean, they're, they're like <laughs> bigger, cooler bands ever. A uh, couple couple quick things and we'll get right up to it. So hold your horses. Don't fast forward through this stuff. It, it's This is important. Uh, the Orlando Weekly thing is out and and uh, I got nominated. So that that's cool. Uh, unlike the past, and I, I've, I've, uh, I've done well on these things in the past. I've got second place. I think last year I got third place. Um, usually after the nominations, there, there's about uh, six or seven podcasts, which is cool. We got a great podcast scene. Uh, you, you can't swing a dead cat around in Orlando without hitting a very quality podcast. Uh, this time there's 39. I think I th- counted 39 uh, podcasts up for best of. And I, I'm, I'm sure a lot of them are really, really great podcasts. I recognize a lot of them. A lot of them are really, really great podcasts. And uh, there's one or two that are very, very new and a couple that are, are pretty new. Uh, there's literally one about the coronavirus that's up for best podcast in Orlando. Um, hopefully that one won't even be around next year. I'd be lying if I, I said I wouldn't appreciate your vote, but... Uh, uh, Vote for something new, something that you've listened to. Do some research. And um, if you go to Orlando Weekly, vote for that. Also vote for Fast Food Jesus as uh, uh, Best Local Big Shot. And all my, my sponsors, you know, vote for them. And um, uh, it, hopefully maybe this will be the last time I talk about it. I appreciate you nominating me. I really do. I, I work really hard on these things. And I've been doing it for a minute and a half. And I'm, I'm proud of what I've done. So, so thank you for the nomination. If you happen to be over there, uh, I'd appreciate your vote. If, if not, that, that's totally cool. Uh, what else? I got stickers going out probably sometime this week. If you send me an email quickly, I might be able to squeeze yours in. They're free. Just email me over at scotchandgoodconversation at gmail.com. I think that's it. I've been doing really good getting some big shots. I got a, I got a big one coming up. Not this next one. That's big too. Uh, but the one after that, I talked to a hero. I don't know. They're, they're all, they're all great. I'm so stoked. Thank you guys so much for listening and supporting and, uh, being part of my world. It, it means tons to me. 
that I get the, the privilege of doing this week after week. You guys take care of each other. Uh, be extra nice to each other. Give each other a little patience, a little kindness, a little empathy. You know, uh, we're all going through something, be it a big dumb virus that keeps us locked up or just our own personal shit. Uh, so, so take care of each other, you know, uh, ask somebody if they need help. And if you need help, ask somebody for help. You know, I think we can take, we, we can do it. We can, uh, we can make this okay. It'll be all right. Uh, hydrate or sunblock, climb trees, ride bikes, read books, uh, turn the TV off, wear a mask, wash your hands, remember to breathe. Thank you for checking out Scotch A Good Conversation. I am your host. My name is Peter. Sitting across from me on the blue sofa is nobody because of stupid coronavirus still. At some point, I'm going to have somebody back in Rosyland because I, I miss the one-on-one. But I do kind of uh, like the fact that I can FaceTime and that works fairly well. Calling in from uh, Minnesota, right? Uh, Milwaukee. Milwaukee? <laughs> I knew it started with an M. Call, calling in from the United States. <laughs> it's John. Yeah. Hey, man. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks I, for having me on. This is great. I, I, I'm, I'm honored. Thank you. I don't know if you've listened to the podcast at all. Uh, these are three things that I know about you. Okay. First thing I know about you is you play a barbecue grill in the Violent Femmes. True. I wasn't aware there was a barbecue, and I've seen the Violent Femmes. I mean, granted, it was it was back in the 80s, but uh, I, I've seen the Violent Femmes. I don't remember there being a barbecue. Has there always been a barbecue in the Violent Femmes? Because it seems well, like barbecue music, But or did you just bring <laughs> bring a grill? Yeah, well, I did see your chicken stuff from 1989. I'm old. Well, I didn't say that. No, I did. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. No, but, uh, well, I joined the band in uh, 2005. So 89 would have been Victor. And oddly enough, that whole story is is quite interesting. Victor played at a, like was like a wash tub, you know, like mm-hmm. in the or a, like a yeah, like a bushel. It's actually a bushel basket, which they 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 ended up naming it uh, Transiphone. One of those guys, right there, right? right. It's what uh, uh, one of the, yep, that's yeah. it. <laughs> and um, so that's that was a trademark they had for years. The the barbecue story. Um, it just happened to be, it, it wasn't something that contrived or uh, like we weren't taking off on that idea that Victor uh, and, and Brian and all those guys came up with. Um, it was, <laughs> we were doing a, a TV morning show in Montreal uh-huh. and the three of us were uh, in a dressing room and there's, you must, they must have been a, a cooking show. What is it because there's a barbecue in the dressing room? Yeah, so it was in a corner. Okay, perfect. And I had my snare drum, and oh, okay, what songs are we going to do, this and that? And then Brian Ritchie, the bass player from the Femmes, he looked at the barbecue, and he said, oh, you just play that thing. Uh-huh, uh-huh, that's perfect. Okay, cool. 
So the stagehands came in and they said, okay, do you have all your gear? And I said, should we take the snare drum? I said, no, take the barbecue. Take the barbecue. That's always the answer. Right. Always. And so we played the songs and it was immediately we we started playing. And I I remember looking over at Brian and Corden and they were just smiling. I'm like, we all, it was, it works. It sounds great. It's, it's, you know, it worked. Do you have a preference of grills? I think you play a Weber. Is that, is that what you play? Yeah. Yeah, I I just play Weber. No, I'm not indoors or anything like that, but... We can get you indoors. Yes, you love the Weber. It sounds the best. Oh, it does sound great, but... Right, and it has to be Weber, right? Um, no, we played on um, Stephen Colbert's show uh-huh. um, when we released We Can Do Anything album. And um, I called Weber that, that afternoon, and I told them. I said, hi, how you doing? And I said, I'm so-and-so, and I'm going to be playing... Uh, I'm a musician, but I'm using one of your... I'm using the kettle... Uh, barbecue yeah of course on the show and there was a silence for a while on the phone and she said i'm sorry what like what do you mean ex- i you're cooking like, you're, you're yeah, yeah, she yeah, wasn't yeah. Getting, and then i explained it to her and i said well i'll tell you what it'll make sense tonight when you watch the stephen colbert show and she said thanks for calling like, <laughs> it was like okay and then of course immediately after everybody in the company was thrilled and i was getting messages and they said oh that's so neat you know such a cool thing to do uh great idea you know and then they they would of course they tweeted about it and said all the different things you can do this summer you know and they would include me in a play the stephen colbert but, show yeah yeah or just yeah anybody can do that right <laughs> So that's how it came about. It was never contrived. Do you have a road you know, case for your grill? Is there? A, and, I have, and I do have a road case. Like someone, someone, because those aren't cheap. Someone built you a road case because I, yeah, yeah well, I feel like. Yeah, it, they had somebody, they built, it's, it's like a kind of a plastic. Okay. But it's, it's, you know, you can be thrown on and off of planes. It's like a heavier plastic. And um, actually the barbecue breaks down quite easy. You take the legs out, you put in the top and into the inside. Easier than a conventional drum stand, probably. Actually, it's really easy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's what I use for all of um, all of our radio shows, actually. I don't play uh, on stage at the concerts. Yeah, yeah. I play snare drum and all. But all the radio stuff is done with the bar- just the barbecue. And it's got wheels and, and you can grill on it at the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have you grilled on, on your instrument? No, no, oh. because, I mean, just because, uh, Massey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just got a big green egg. Ever get one of those? Those are, you should bang on one of those for a little. Oh yeah. 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 I've heard of them. Yeah, I mean, they're I've heard of them here in all year round in, yeah. in, here in Milwaukee. Oh. So, I mean, and I, it was funny because they always, the family always called me the grow master. And now I really am. So it's, are, do you enjoy that? Can you barbecue besides drumming? I mean, is that another thing, another talent, another, another thing Absolutely. you do? No, Good. No, I, I, I love it. Yeah, you see, I'm, I'm trying for a big green egg endorsement. So you should get yourself one of those big green eggs. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. They're not going to send me anything. Of them. I actually, I, and I think I know what you're talking. Yeah. About. It, it's, it's, it's like a big green egg and it's got a lid on it and it gets up to like 9 billion degrees. Unfortunately, does it, does it, does it like an, it go yeah, up, yeah, yeah, up yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I do know what you're talking unfortunately, about. Unfortunately, it gets to be like like one. It's uh, during the summer in Florida. You've been in Florida. It, it it's it's brutally hot and it rains yes. like crazy. So mm-hmm. we've had it. We've had the big green egg. You guys should get one in the audience endorsement. We've had the big green egg for about uh, three weeks now, and every time I've used it, it's stormed out like almost hurricane. So this afternoon we're making ribs and hopefully it won't rain. Oh, so, fantastic! Second I would love to see second thing I know about you is you've been to Graceland. Okay. 
Wow, what an experience. Was it everything you thought it would be and a whole lot less? Because that's how I felt about Graceland. Are you an Elvis fan? Wow, you know what? You just nailed it. Yeah. That's that's That was exactly <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah, it was... Um, I'm a Jerry Lee Lewis fan. Okay, yeah, he, he's the killer. Yeah. 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 I mean, I respect Elvis. I really do, of course. But I was more in a, the killer camp. And I still am, of course. Um... And the funny thing too is, my dad was in the army with Elvis in really? Germany. Oh, that's pretty yeah. cool. And he he would always tell me, "Oh, don't listen to people. You know, he got special treatment." Of course he I'm did. Like, well, yeah, yeah. Of course. My He's... dad was an Elvis fan. My mom liked she she likes some of it, but I, yeah. And in it, so I guess in that it was like I wasn't. I think like all of us, you know, when we love something, an artist or or what um, you know, music or film, we kind of dive into it. And we we have to be the student of the art, right? Mm -hmm. Elvis was not somebody I ever really researched too much. I didn't read books about him. Um, again, I respected him. But it, so that being said, going through Graceland was, it was cool to see it. And yeah, but then it, 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 then it's just, it kind of felt sad. For well, it was almost like, I was going to say, did it make you feel just a little sad? I was sad. I felt yeah. sad for him. Not only I didn't just. I mean, I felt sad for him because he had carpet in a kitchen. Yeah. Well, that was a seventies thing. Yeah. Yeah. As you do. Yeah. But now it just uh, it, they have to be they have this talent and you know uh, and then they have to be sequestered in your home. Yeah, behind it's, those gates with the music on. He had a rackable court though, so that was pretty cool. I mean, you know, this, you know, they have to raise a family and not be able to leave you know your your home and people are all day or out front at the gate you know that's i i don't find i don't find that very exciting do you, you get know, out like do you get out can you get out and walk around being in the violent femmes like uh can you go out in your community people know do your oh, neighbors absolutely. know what you do did the neighbors know about that's, the barbecue grill <laughs> that's usually the first if anybody talk, talks to me that's the, that's usually the first thing they bring up is the barbecue are honestly. you sick of talking about it because i'm gonna no, <laughs> talk no, 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 no. I, no, I I've it. done I mean, terrible. I'm a bad interviewer. I just was no, intrigued no. by the barbecue. Big um, green egg. But but walking around, I think the majority of time, honestly, Peter, it's they if they know what I do and who I am, they're pretty much they nobody bothers me really. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally, I'll have people come up and they'll they'll do the, hey, I'm really sorry. This is kind of weird, but do you mind? I'm a big fan, and then I'm I'm like, oh, of course, you know. And they're always very respectful. You know, but being noticed, noticed yeah, on the yeah. street. Honestly, the only time I've really experienced that is in Australia. Well, that's the weird. Are, yeah, the fans who really, you know, they're they're loved in Australia for many years. So I've had that kind of experience where people would come up to me in the street and kind of a little bit more ex with more excitement, like, "Oh, hey, hey, aren't you?" That kind of engagement. Yeah. How how's your city now? How how uh, where you live? There's a I hear there's some trouble there lately. <laughs> Well, in my village, I actually live right. I'm just north of Milwaukee. Of Milwaukee okay. And a village called Shorewood. And you know, and I, you know, you hate to be um, bring up all these negative things, but yeah, a woman just spit on a protester, and that went. That was national. Oh yeah, I saw but, that. Was he like a doctor or something? That was a mistake. She's like, yeah, she's an attorney. Yeah, that, that she, she should know better. She lives away from here, and uh, I don't know her personally. Good. Yeah. It was. What a way to the attention bring attention to a, where you live. Yeah, you're not making good decisions. Yeah, I mean, come on, the barbecue is way better. <laughs> we, I mean, every city's got it, but if we can walk away from this with 
some sense of clarity or even taking a step forward in the right direction. You know, I, I'm, I mean, without getting real negative, I'm surprised more people haven't been killed. Like I, I'm really like, yeah. I, yeah, you know, I'm surprised we haven't gone full Kent state yet. You know, it almost happened in front of the white house apparently, but yeah, and it, 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 it was kind of that vibe was starting to happen here in Milwaukee. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. There was, there were tanks, there were tanks Fuck. and the Humvees, the yeah. National Guard. Black Hawks were flying over my home. I mean, flying over a city every day. You know, that was the thing. It's so frightening. And I'm not on tour. Yeah. So I'm not on tour. And I really got like, I, you know, I mean, I practice. I, I screw around here in the house and play. But, you know, I, you know, I've done a few little things here and there. But this became something I was really engaged with. You know, like I was listening to the police scanner. I was watching live video feeds. That's not like, healthy, oh, man. Like you got, you got to go outside, get a hammock. They're, they're nice. I got really <laughs> into it, you know, and then seeing the different dynamics with the yeah. different groups here yeah. in Milwaukee. Yeah. yeah. That's the other thing is I'm very proud of my city. I love being from Milwaukee. It's like kind of something that I guess, I mean, a lot of people feel that way, but it's something that I always took so much pride in. You yeah. Know? So for me to uh, kind of watch all of it unfold, and we in in the sixties we had the marches. My father told me all about it. So it's it was it wasn't even um, it wasn't that wasn't you know scared or anything like that. It was just watching history unfold mm -hmm. and see how how this generation can make an impact. It's I, I was telling. I'm my... happy to see this generation. I mean, it's not just this younger generation. I mean, that's kind of narrow mic because I think we all you know I mean all people of all ages are fed up with this. But I was so proud to see the younger generation be passionate about yep, something. Yep. Absolutely. You know, like we are about what we do. It, it's been a long no, time I mean, since we've had anything. I mean, we've had reasons to be upset. I mean, this has been going on for yeah. years and years and years. It's never not gone on, but right. it, it's, I mean, since Vietnam, like, I mean, I don't think there's been this kind of uprising, this kind of no. just solidarity among, among the masses, not the, the, just the young or the old or the well-educated or the, the, the people who, you know, are living below society's standards. It's everybody across the board. And I'm, I'm excited about the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm terrified, you know, I, 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 <laughs> because I mean, the next couple months are going to be super crazy. You know, it, between the virus and everything else that's going on, like things are going to, things are going to get worse before they get better. But I, I, in my older age, have been trying to be a glasses half full type guy. And, and I, I honestly think things are going to get better. You know, things, we, we, something good is going to come out of this. It has to, you know, there, there, there's no not learning from this. And as long as we learn something, you know, and we learn from our mistakes and we go, well, that was a good idea. And we shouldn't have yeah. voted for that guy. We should have voted for this person. I, I, it, it, some good is going to come out of this. Unfortunately, like I, you know, there has been some loss of life and there's, there's been, you know, obviously damage to people's livelihoods and their homes. And I don't, I don't have the answer for that, but on a bigger picture, I mean, you have children, right? You, you have kids, yeah, like yeah. their world is going to be a better place. And that you know, gives me hope. I, I, yes. I'm with you a hundred percent. I'll be honest with you. I mean, without getting into all the details of all the different things that have had, you know, you uh -huh. know, having an opinion, I honestly always thought this was going to happen after I was dead. But I, I knew all this. I, I personally felt, and, and I just, we all, there's a group of people that I hang out with and talk to. We all knew something was happening. Yep, it was brewing. And I don't want to get down this conspiracy theory. Yeah, thing, yeah. But we all knew something was coming. 
and we all laugh and say, not, it's not that it's funny, but we all kind of laugh to each other and say, this was, this was supposed to happen after, right, <laughs> after we were gone. Yeah, I don't want to live through this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And so now it's all unfolding, and these are very serious things that are happening. I'm sorry. That's okay. Calling. Um, there's very serious things that are happening, but um, it's, it's strange how you see it unfold, and I don't know if you're experiencing this, but you kind of know, it's almost like you know what's going to happen next. You know, I was thinking when this the, the COVID thing happened, all that, and I was telling my girlfriend, I'm like, well, what's going to happen is they're going to have to start shutting things down. Mm-hmm. People are eventually, you know, I mean, it, it like, it kind of follows, not that this has ever happened in history, uh, but I'm, I mean, it has, of course, plagues and, and things like that, but this, the same patterns repeat, you know, and I, I, I saw it unfold and it, it just, it's crazy it sucks. It sucks. You know, and I think what you're thinking and I just the way I think too, is that something very positive is going to come. I hope that's so, the, man. That's part of the pattern. Yeah. That's what I'm looking at, you know, I, positive things for our next generation, my kids, you know, with the younger generation, there is, there is the future. You, you know, you got complacent as you get old. And I, I say it all the time on the podcast. If I've got a good 20 years left in me, you know, where or everything works and my dick is good and, you know, I can go travel and, and yeah. you know, not, not wear a diaper. I'm solid, but anything past yeah. that, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I worry about, you know, my nieces and nephews, my godson's world, sure. you know, and I don't know, there, I, I'm optimistic and I, I, I say it constantly. If the sun comes up, that's half the battle, you know, when the sun rose this morning, I'm talking to a new friend. And you know, yes. uh, uh, the weekend's coming. I got a big green egg quality grill and I'm making ribs. <laughs> Thing number three, I know about you okay. is, uh, you own a Cadillac. Do you still own the Cadillac? Yeah, I do. Is it I run? Do. It's very cool. It's like an eighties Cadillac with like an 89. Uh, no, 1990. Oh, it was uh, off by year. Like, yeah. And, uh, it's actually in storage. You know, you would think that I would pull it out now because I have all this extra time, but honestly, I, I just, I don't know. I haven't felt it because then I, you know, I have to deal with getting, you know, it's service and, and I should do that. I just been lazy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, know, it's, it's okay. You, you want a Cadillac. Most of the world can't say that. That It's cool. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. But I always wanted, since I was a kid, I always wanted a Cadillac and that was a, that was, and through my life I had different chances to get one and I never could. Uh-huh. And then at some point, uh, a friend of mine locally, his father-in-law had passed away. And he said, this car is sitting in a garage. I know you love Cadillacs. Do you want to come and look at it? So, of course. Yes. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and we drove it. And it oh, I mean, it's a Cadillac. Leather seats. Cool. Yes, leather seats. Of course. A, a cassette deck? Is there a cassette deck in it or a CD yes, player? Yes, cassette deck. Cool. And you know what? Yeah, yeah. Funny. Here's a funny thing. So, uh Last night, you know, I was just thinking about talking new uh, today and different things. And also going back to what's going on in the world, I was thinking about Public Enemy because I grew up on Public Enemy. And I, I listened to some of your, one of your last podcasts. Was it DJ Swift? Is that his name? Uh, I think you guys were talking about uh, hip hop and his favorite hip hop groups. Oh, Rob Swift. Was- yeah, he, he's, a, right. he's a turntablist slash DJ of some yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He brought up Public Enemy, which I thought was so awesome because I was, I, I was thinking about that last night and what's going on in the world and how significant they were. And so that ties back into the Cadillac. The one thing that I always, the one cassette I always play in there is, um, <laughs> it takes a nascent of Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fear of the Black Planet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I 
love Public Enemy, and so nothing better. What better music to play in a 1990 catalog? Absolutely, yeah. Enemy. They were the so, you know, it all ties in. Yeah, the leather seats, the whole deal. Yeah, it's a beautiful car. They were the clash of hip hop. They, I mean, they were important and dangerous, and made you think, and just a little scary, and, and just everything that's good about rock and roll, but tied up, you know, with. You know, the, the with hip hop. I mean, but they worked with rock bands and and Flavor Flav oh, yeah. and Chuck D out front, and you know, uh, oh god, it, it, I got to see they them. They educated me. Yeah, yeah. About a lot of black issues because where I grew up, and I grew up in a city, but the, 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 it was predominantly white and Latino, and we would have maybe one black family with rent, you know, one of the duplexes for a while, and then they would move on. But we didn't have. I didn't. I wasn't exposed. I didn't have many black friends. It, for the majority of my life, not until I got into high school. So I didn't understand the culture. I, we knew my father and my mother would tell me about things, you know, in history and a little bit in school, but to see public enemy, cause I used to watch like rap city or uh, you'll MTV raps mm -hmm. and to watch like fight the power yeah. or, or um, what is it? Black steel in a moment of chaos. Is that, I forgot the actual title of it, but learning about these issues in the black community through public enemy, videos well that, that's I mean? that's exactly what they wanted you to wanted to do as a band you know they they were they calling did. attention to things you know yeah. it, especially in a time when there was such a, a, a what's the word bragnosius i think I, i'm making up words there you know yeah. when when people were just talking about what they owned and what they drove and you know they were yeah. uh, kicking knowledge i think that's what the kids would say got to see him one no, time they literally did say right yeah I, I got to see him with you two of all bands and it, it was amazing like i i <laughs> Yeah, yeah, uh, the second leg of the Octune you Baby two and Public Enemy. Yep, wow, yep. Yeah, it was very cool. I wonder if they had the same management or something. That's an interesting. <laughs> well, they but were also at the same time. I don't want to discredit you two because they also are putting out a message. So I guess that makes sense. But wow, what a what a villain. Well, they they were pretty good about bringing like up and coming bands out on the road with them. I saw uh, Los Lobos with them. I saw Buckwheat Zydeco with them. I think I saw Big Auto Dynamite with them. I've seen they, it's an ongoing theme in my podcast. I, I, I uh, basically tell the world I'm sorry for still liking you two, uh, up until how to dismantle an atomic bomb. I then, never really got into them. Then I, I mean, stopped so caring. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's spectacle. But I did, I did see. I have to say because I'm, I'm really, you know, obviously with the climate, I've been really going back and listening to a lot of Public Enemy. Yeah, yeah. and and I also I loved. Uh, Prophets of Rage. Oh yeah, I see. I, I can't. I haven't really got into it. That that whole Cypress Hill part of that. I don't know why Cypress Hill rubs me the wrong way. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, somewhere on on one of your feeds, I saw you were behind stage at a Cypress Hill show. That seems actually like a pretty good. That that uh, would be nice. So we've played with yeah, we've played with them a few times. And the, the, the funny story about that is um, between Cypress Hill and Chuck D is that. So then I went to a Prophets of Rage show, mm -hmm. and I forgot somehow. I think we have. Somebody I knew was the production manager. I don't, I don't remember, but I got. I went to the show and went backstage. And I was with my childhood friend who actually turned me on to Violent Femmes in public. And we, we grew up with it. You should tell that person thank you. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. was, yes. So he's with me. All okay. right. And um, we were in, they put us in Chuck D's dressing room. <laughs> there, was, there was like 30 people in there. Okay. And I'm like, I looked at my buddy. And I'm like, because I know how this goes. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, dude. They just putting, they put us in this holding room, and like, everybody's gonna come in here, and they're gonna be kissing his ass. I'm gonna walk around. Yeah. yeah. He's like, you know what? 
And I'm like, trust me, I know how this works backstage. So I wandered out and I ended up in, who was it? Uh, Tim, the bass player from Rage. Oh, cool. Yeah. Be Real's room. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a pretty and good room like, to be in. Hey, man. So Be Real came up and I'm like, hey, listen, I got to tell you, I played a show with you guys in Biloxi and the cops stormed the stage and they were thinking that I was your tour manager because you guys were smoking weed on stage. <laughs> Did you get batted around? Like, Dude, dude who, who, what band are you in? I said, I play with Violent Femmes. I said, and I'm, he's like, for real? I'm like, yeah. And then the bass player said, I, what's the name of your band? I said, Violent Femmes. And he didn't know who it is. And I, I'll never forget, be real. He says, you know, man, the band with the mariachi bass. <laughs> And I'm like, and I'm like losing it because, you know, I, I wasn't a huge Cypress Hill fan. I love this stuff, but yeah, it was yeah. really popular in the 90s. And to be sitting there, I'm like, this is crazy. So then security found out that I had wandered, wandered off. <laughs> and security comes and they're like, hey, excuse me, who are you here? I said, well, I'm blah, blah, blah. And they're like, well, you're supposed to be in Chuck's room. So they escort me on the way back to Chuck's room. My friend comes out and he said, where are where did you go? What's going on? They're like looking for you. <laughs> and then Chuck D came up and he looked at me and he says, Hey man, um, who are you? <laughs> You're just wandering like, around. <laughs> so security came and grabbed me out of the room and I looked at him and I'm like, and my buddy, the guy, you know, turned me on all this music and he looks at us. He goes, who, who are you? Man? And I, I, hey Chuck, I'm really sorry. Uh, this, you know, blah, blah, blah. I play with violent fans. Uh, I'm a big fan. And he looked at me, he's like, oh, he said, you play with violent fans? I said, yeah. The and band with the mariachi bass? Chuck D, bowing down to you. Oh, man. And I and I said, you got to stop that right now. Yeah, seriously. That is not cool. And he's like, I love you guys. I'm like, get out of here. And I, I said, we actually played, you know, some festivals with you. He's like, I know I keep all the programs. He said, no, I love you guys. And I'm like, there's that moment. I said, this is the guy that turned me on to you guys. I'm like, it's, it's a, it's a great honor. And this net. he said, thanks so much for coming out. I said, I'll tell you what, I'll just go back out into the house now uh -huh. and I won't wander around. Like, no, <laughs> I'll be, no, I'll be good. Cool. I promise. Don't kick me yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Like, no, it's cool. He's like, it was so nice to meet you. And I was like, I, I mean, like what this to me is an icon. Yeah, absolutely. So, I guess that's a long winded uh, explanation. <laughs> yes. I had the catalog and I do play public enemy in there. And I've, and I've, yeah, I, I love that card. <laughs> Real quick, without thinking, of, oh, don't overthink this. Everybody. No, no, of course. I'm okay, gonna... top three bands, singers, songwriters, or musical performers in your world as you sit there right now on Friday. Go. Jeff Buckley. Okay. Um, Jerry Lee Lewis. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Benny Goodman. What, Benny Goodman? Benny Goodman. Okay, Benny Goodman, a uh, clarinet, uh, jazz. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that, that one came. Ever. That one yeah. came out of left field. I didn't see that one coming. One thing that you endorse, for instance, I endorse the Big Green Egg. Uh, it's a quality grill. Um, I've used it three times. The, the weather doesn't really like my particular grill, but I'm making ribs in it this afternoon. You can cook pizzas in it. Uh, we made burgers that's that cool. were pretty good in them. Uh, but, uh, you can do long, long, super hot cooks for hours and hours and, and, or you can do really quick, fast cooks. It, it's, it's, uh, made out of very, very good material. Please, uh, big green egg people send me another one. What's something that you endorse that the world needs to know about, uh, through my very, very powerful, uh, world renowned podcast. Oh, wow. It's, um, the power's in your hands. 
it's true. Could be a, um, could be a local restaurant, could be a band, could be a, a hair product. You have a lovely beard. It could be a beard grooming thing. Well, I have a local pub that's two blocks away from me, and there are uh, two fantastic guys that are from Manchester. Okay. And so it's a it's a honest British pub. pub. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they're like family to me. I, I, I you know, we I go up there even if I have I'll have one beer and I'll sit and I'll talk for you know three hours. Perfect. And, you know what I mean? Or have you know sit and we shoot the shit over food and whatever. Darts. All these different. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I'm not much of a soccer or football fan, but um, I'm a fan of what they're doing up there. Uh, what would I say up there? It's two blocks away from here. Yeah. So I would endorse them. What, what's guys. the name of it? Three Lions Pub. Oh, that's it's a good that's a good pub name. That that's that yeah. sounds like a place that, that uh probably yeah. got like bass and Guinness on tap someplace. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. And it's it's truly in the um it's a pub because it's a public house. You know, that's yeah. the idea of being a pub. And I experienced it, you know, I mean, when I first started touring with the Femmes and being in, in this case, in that case, it was London. And it, like really understanding what that is about. It's not just a bar. Yep. You know, you're not going there and getting loaded, but it's it's a public house. I mean, the people that come from the neighborhood, they all are in different, you know, they, they all have different careers. You can have, be sitting next to an attorney or a real estate developer, or in my case, of course, a musician or a doctor or a lawyer. And we just come and we, we have this common, we don't talk about necessarily talk about work, but it's about coming together, you know, with like-minded people, truly a public house. So I would endorse them. Okay. Well, uh, I'll, I will put links in the show notes. So if, if, uh, please do. Yeah, they're yeah. Great guys. I and, love that kind of stuff. I, pub culture know, to uh, me is, is part of the reason I started this podcast. I, I like the two o'clock in the morning after a bar closes and you lean against your car and talk to your friends. Yes. And the, the expression I use, it's about everything and nothing at all. Like it, it's, it, it's the most important conversations you'll ever forget. And I love that about like going to other countries and, and go, going to visit a proper pub where, you know, it's not in the heart of London, it's in some suburb or, you know, it's, it's, you know, if, you know, it, it's where the people who work at the theme parks go. And you talk right. to them and you got, you, you go, Hey man, that's a cool watch. And you start talking to somebody or, you know, that, that I like your shirt, you know, and you start talking and you make a friend and then you never see them again, but you know, that that conversation was great. Absolutely. I, I, it's magical. You I, know, I mean, that's, that it's, that is, I mean, that's the beauty, the beauty of life is those, those interactions with, you know, with different people. Uh, and it's funny you say it with the traveling, because it seems like once you do travel mm -hmm. the world, mm -hmm you start understanding those moments and how significant how significant they are you see it through a different set of eyes like you it, really do yeah you know you really do and the great thing about uh, the public again is there's a lot of these kids come in and they they are typically they're on scholarships to play football soccer or golf or tennis and they come from all different parts of the world but they know they have a job while they're in college to work there so it's almost like for me when i started going there it was exciting because it felt like being on tour yep you know i mean i felt like i was stepping out and i'm like on the road and i'm meeting all these people like you know it's one thing to have a conversation with somebody that's in from the neighborhood which i do but to meet all these young kids that are coming up and hear their you know like their how their experiences in the united states and all these different they're in my now they're on my turf so to yeah, speak yeah, yeah. you know and have them feel welcome just as much as i've traveled all over the world and everywhere i've been i've always felt welcome 
we used to so cool. when we traveled we used to stay in youth hostels a lot because it because it, it's inexpensive and and it was fun you get to talk to people from everywhere and yep. share a beer or eat you know sometimes you'd be making dinner everybody's got a common kitchen and you sit there and they're like oh that looks great you know well you eat off my fork you know and here try try a little of this try a little of that and i mean that's that that to me is the spice of life just talking to people and getting to know people and everybody has a good story everybody has wisdom everybody has you know everybody poops their pants it, it's it, it's it kind of uh, the fact that we're all pretty much human can come out of pub culture thing number three for you um as a a gentleman who's been around the world uh, uh, played, uh, uh, on television shows. And, uh, I, what's one thing since we're like new best friends, I think we've been talking for about 35 minutes. Uh, yeah. what's one thing that, that you piece of advice, piece of wisdom you can give me to make my life more complete. Cause I'm looking to make my life complete. You know, now I'll just sit back and you can judge me on, on FaceTime. Okay. And I'll bill you for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was it. That was my one liner. <laughs> it, it's, and it, it hit it out of the park. Here's your advice. Here's your advice. Oh, okay. I'll Always bill somebody. All right. I, I like it. I, I, I um, bill, yeah. yeah. Just keep billing people for things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. At some point, someone will pay you. And <laughs> You know, it's so funny. The money thing in the, in the world is, you know, of course, I mean, everybody has their own uh, situation financially, but. I always, well, I, if you, you probably already know this, I mean, do what you love and the money will follow, right? No, no, that won't happen. <laughs> I'm a podcaster. The problem is, is that it, it goes out as fast as it comes in. I mean, that's what they call it currency, right? That, that, that stuff's always flowing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. I never really thought about that. I, <laughs> I, I make a little money off doing what I love. Like I, I'm, I, but I, we couldn't live off the podcast no, money. Right, no, right, right. no, I, I got a pretty killer scotch collection now. And oh, I, I'm, 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 I'm pretty good about like, if I need to go to one of my bar clients and grab some beer, I can go there and, sure. and, and the money, uh, the podcast makes money. I uh, just, not it, we call it the fun money in the family. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we we um, uh, yeah, we're working towards it. You know, four years in, and we're we're it, the podcast pays for itself, and there's a little bit of money. But I I get to call talk to cool people, and you yeah, know, no, that's the awesome part. That is so that's that's awesome. You know, um, I always it's funny to say because I listen to Bill Burr, the comedian. Mm -hmm. He's got a podcast. Everyone has a podcast. Of course, he's got other things he does. He does a stand up. Yeah, yeah. Movies. And I always would, I, I drive, always when I'm in the car, I listen to it. And I think to myself, and because he has, you know, he has, he does reads and stuff like that. And I wonder, man, I wonder, I mean, there's a part of me, I'm like, I wish I could, I wish I knew how much money does he make off that? I wonder, like, More than you know me. what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. if you're making money on this, you know, like, wow, you know, it, it's like a whole part of the business that I never, I never really got into it. I understand it, but I just, you know, it's like a thing, you know, does he I have like he, sponsors, like a mattress company and like a razor company and me undies yeah, or something? Got, yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like a razor company. And then what he does is he's so funny and he's so, you know, he's just, he, 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 as he does the read, uh -huh. he, he puts his own thing into it. And I think he's lost some of, of them. <laughs> he should listen and to other podcasts. Like about losing them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's I he's hilarious, but yeah, the podcast thing. I hear what you're saying, but yeah, I guess that's the only thing. Uh, it's, it makes it easier to go to work. 
mm-hmm. when you love whatever work is. I guess if that's anything, I would tell you would be that. I um I I'm I make less money than I've ever made. I'm happier than I've ever been. Isn't it funny how that works? Yeah, I my my wife. Fortunately, through this this virus thing, we're both able to work from home. And and in my okay. case, odds are I wouldn't be talking to you if you weren't stuck at home right now. Um, so yeah, it's, we would it's, be somewhere right now. It, it's it's kind of worked out pretty well for me in a in a weird way. Yeah. Uh, I do miss I miss pub the pub culture that I've created in my own home. You know, sure. uh, under normal circumstances, I usually have two or three guests a week come through and they sit down on the blue couch and I've got a legitimate studio in here. I kind of wish I didn't invest in so many microphones at this point. Uh, but, but, you know, at some point I'll be able to get people back in and they'll come in and we'll drink and talk and my dog will bark like crazy and things will be back to normal. But uh, I, I'm kind of, in, I'm, I'm enjoying the now. I really am. I'm enjoying the the fact that I do get to spend time with my wife, you know, and, and in between she she's in uh, uh, the medical profession, she's able to do things via FaceTime and video and, and stuff like that. Yeah. So in, be- in between her clients, she comes out and says hi, and she plays with the dog and we eat lunch together. And under normal circumstances, she's gone 10 hours a day. So, yeah. you know, and, and uh, for the most part, we're not driving each other crazy yet, which is which is pretty cool. I'm probably driving her more crazy. I had a little meltdown last night. I wasn't in my right mind. And, uh, um, but she called me on it, you know, and she said kind of in her own sweet way, said, you're being a dick. And I, I checked myself, I think, I hope, you know, I, I, I might need to apologize to her, but, uh, it, it's, well, we're always wrong. Yeah, no, but... no, I'm never wrong. <laughs> um, well, you were, assigned, we know that. you were assigned a task to ask me a couple questions. Now's your chance to ask me yeah. the first and only the first of those couple questions, please. And thank you. Okay, uh, so in, in all of history, mm-hmm. what music group or artist do you think had the most impact um, on educating and bringing people together? A, any, whatever, it could be a, a group, obviously a band or a group or a composer, or yeah, yeah. artist, performer. Who do you think in all of history that you're aware of had that kind of impact? Like had, had it, not that, but had an impact to, I don't know, educate people and, you know, like I said, I'm repeating myself. No, no, I, I get it. Uh, um, uh, I, I think the obvious, the one, the go-to would be the Beatles, but I don't think that's the right answer at this point. Um, I mean, uh, why like, not? Uh, because without like the blues and, uh, I mean, you really want to break it on down, like, uh, the music that came out of the South during the slave trades you know, literally gospel and blues that was coming up. We would have no rock and roll. We'd have no jazz. We'd have no uh, really old school country. Like that's all rooted out of that, you know, that unfortunate time in American history. Sure, sure. Um, but we're talking about like good things that come out of super bad things, um, you know, out of, you know, from my understanding of music, you know, out of the, the the slave culture and the, the singing of enslaved African Americans came, you know, uh, uh, rock and roll and blues and country. And without those things, the Beatles would have never happened. And without the Beatles, you know, that that whole section when we had it, it, it you know, it, it, it at some point it would have happened. But I, I think it probably wouldn't have has happened as quickly as it did. You know, between the 1940s and the early 1960s think about the explosion in music and and then from 60 to 70 and then it all got squashed down again 
you know, when disco and and then punk rock came up and they went, the old school is wrong. We need to rebuild this. But it all goes back to that those three chords. You know, the the you know that yeah. that's just that root that that root that all that's so I I'm going with uh, gospel mm. blues. I could that's, be wrong though. You're the musician. No, You're, no, it's okay. fantastic. Yeah, no, I, no, yeah. Honestly, it's a vague specific. answer, but but I think I might be right. No, no. Yeah. If anything, I think it's very specific. I mean, it narrows down. Uh, that's a fantastic answer. I actually was expecting maybe I was expecting an artist or a group, but for you to say that or Devo, that it could go back to Devo also. Devo. Yeah, I love Devo. <laughs> But you're not like Devo, man. It's Devo. He said Devo. I love uh, Devo. I, I love him. Yeah, I don't know. It's so important. Or the Cars. Those two bands, for me, if you took them and put them out now, they'd be just as popular as they were then. I, 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 but we'll go with my first answer. Or Devo. I love you. I, I like your sense of humor. We are new best friends. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, that's brilliant. But no, Blues, yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's, that's fantastic you say that because... It, it there's nothing there's enough said yeah it, 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 it well, is everything well, th well think about it like even like not that i was around but before that what was there you know before you know it, it, there was what would be termed like modern music but that would be what we'd call classical or, or you know period pieces right you know and that was just stuff that was literally coming out of what i'm guessing and what i've read you know the cabins when people weren't paying attention. It was the sound of sorrow. You know, it's the yes. sound of suffering. And, and you know, but it was also the sound of hope and the sound of, of a, a, you know, hopefully a new beginning, the sound of, of we, can, we can get beyond the next day. And, and I mean, all that encompasses rock and roll and modern music, you know, when we listen to it, even if it's, if it's Public Enemy or Devo, you know, it, it's all well, making it's a statement. Because I mean, I, I know people have their feelings about disco, and I didn't. I I just missed that era. But even then, it was. And I I hate to sound callous or ignore like the real issues going on in the world. However, the disco thing was about having fun. Absolutely. And and, yeah. and there were issues. You know, I mean, there was there were still all the same issues. Not the same issues as now, but there were all the same issues that everybody was struggling. Everybody was always struggling, and it was the idea that we could go out and have fun and yep. leave those issues behind. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I just watched a documentary on, I mean, I've seen many of them about studio 54, but you talk about like in, in, um, you know, in the gay community, you know, it's, that was a, it was a safe haven for these, these people where they were shunned and, and, and the message, no matter who you were, you know, it was, it, it didn't matter who you were. You were there, and it was to have fun and and put all the stuff behind you. Yep, just at just, least just dance, just dance, and, and dance. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot. I think there's a lot to be said for disco. I like a lot of it, and there's a lot to be said about that. Even though I, you know, I didn't grow up with it. I know people that grew up with it were like, "Oh, Jesus, this is not okay." But I see some validity. I see a lot of so validity. okay. It, it, you, you know. Mean? All music is okay, though. You know, it, it, there's, I, I agree. It, I agree. You know, there there's something to just about every form of music, except for modern country. I I I love going and dancing, and I'm a bad dancer. And but I I love when I get enough liquid courage into me to go out and cut a rug, you know. And uh, I mean, I DJed for many, many, many years, 
and just I, I love the the full on expression of dancing. You know, when when it's that one person on the floor because they they love a song, or a couple on the floor because you know that's the the song they first dance to, or yeah. you know, it, it's it's the purest form of of just being yourself, you know, your body's moving. You're not paying attention to how your body's moving. You're not, you're not hopefully not trying to look cool. You know, when it's really just dancing, it's funny you brought that up and it, and it just was weighing heavy on my mind is this is, I believe the fourth anniversary of the pole shooting here in Orlando today. Oh, yeah. And, oh really? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, the, there's such a, a cloud about the city today, but the, I didn't know it was today. But yeah, I no, it's it's okay. Like I mean, it it's it is what it is. It just gets blended behind. Like and and quite frankly, we got a lot of shit going on in the United States right now. So not that we should forget those. You know, forty nine people. Isn't it horrible that 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 thing was that event was so horrendous, and that it's so forgotten about. Yeah. I mean, there's so many other things that are forgotten about. Okay, you know, because you don't absolutely. But I don't want to yeah. marginalize other other tragedies. But wow. Well, the, the, Think about how far things have the, the got how things how things have been gotten to where they are now, and that we forget about that. The absolute crazy part of that is in here in Orlando. The pulse is about uh, as the crow flies about three miles from where I live. About are they, still, are they back open? I don't. Know. No, no, it, it's it, no one knows know what to do with the building. The building's got a oh, like a, a fence around it. It's become a shrine. Like it's oh good. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. What, what I, it, it's you know I. I it, it, like I said, it's, it's very, you know, it's Orlando, like it, it's our city. And, you know, uh, where was I going with this? Oh, uh, two nights before that, a young lady was, was murdered at a, another local music venue. Uh, like that, that was, Pulse was on a Sunday night. Uh, she was murdered at the Plaza Theater on a Friday night. And I okay. feel bad for her family because, I mean, she was just shot out. Of, a fan came by. Came, she was signing autographs and selling T-shirts and a fan came by. And it was, it was the darkest, most fucked up weekend it, probably in my life, shy of 9-11. You know, oh, yeah. it, it, it was so crazy. But the, the reason I, I pivoted back to that, um, the movement afoot is yeah, uh, Orlando, one of the slogans is keep dancing. And, and you know, it's great. That's cool. It, it really is. It's and I've seen it on my my Facebook feed and my Instagram feed so much today. And in, out of out of something horrific, you know, we can move forward and call attention to this problem. But you know, but still do it with a smile and to, without forgetting those people. Well, that yeah. got heavy there. I'm going to ask you some questions. No, no, no. I mean, it, it is. But, no, I, <laughs> I brought it up. No, that's no, no, okay because. Um, I don't, because yeah, it doesn't depress me. Yeah. I mean, it's, of course, these are depressing. There could be depressing topics, but um, it kind of goes back to what we're going through now. Yep. And um, we, we, these conversations need to be had. And with that, how it ties into, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about my case, music. And, you know, uh, this is a great outlet. Again, I don't want to say that, you know, being a musician is like, going to a disco but it's the, I, yes it is come on it's party 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 all the cocaine you can swallow or whatever Actually, you do with that know, yeah, yeah sure tommy lee was i just read something about tommy lee a drummer from uh motley crew yes he was he was telling me he was reading he was not telling me he was he was uh telling me um person interviewing him all these young kids that are musicians and they're seeing the movie and they're like was that really how it was and he said yeah, yeah he's much. like you know these young kids they're never going to experience that. And he's right. Yep. I caught the tail end of that. 
I, I mean, you know, I listen, I would, I, I had my drink, my share of booze, but, and you know, I smoke pot or whatever, but I caught the tail end of seeing those, the old timers. Yeah. Like being on tour and like playing a festival and seeing these people still living like it's 1970 or 1980. Uh-huh. But the younger generation of musicians, it's different. They're not going to see that. I, I hope they can see a tour. I hope I can see a tour. Yep. You know what I mean? I want. I would love to be backstage with some weirdos in there. Doing <laughs> I mean, I, I, screw the money. I miss the band. I miss you miss pub culture. You you, you miss yeah. hanging out and, and you know. Yeah. 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 But yeah, since younger musician, no, it's it's it, it isn't uh, that, and I think that's actually fortunate that it's not like that anymore because as much as it's like this decadence and people, you know. That's really not the way to handle things professionally. I'm not going to judge anybody. Like I said, I've done my share of partying, but I think the wild rock and roll ideal is not what people really think either. Trashing hotel rooms, like they're out of style. Yeah, get paid along the way. You know the rest. I I used, you know, it's funny story is I when we were on tour, we used to always try to get Gordon to throw um, (laughs) TV set out the window. And of course he would he never did. do it. Oh, tell him I said he should. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'd be like at the end of the tour. Yeah. And I'd say, Gordon, you know, we'd have a couple of beers and I'd say, Gordon, throw the window off the TV. And he's like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm like, come on, man, you're a rock star. Please. Who cares? <laughs> the we'll label sure will pay no for it. Yeah. Just, and he's like, no. We'll and make like, sure yeah. no one will walk walking by. <laughs> Is it all clear down there? That takes the yeah, phone out well, of it. You're not yeah, doing well, it right. <laughs> I was begging him to throw a TV up. Yeah, you guys are no Zeppelin. I mean, I really love, I like not you better than I like Zeppelin. But <laughs> And you know, you're, with the Femmes, that's the other thing too, is like, you know, I'm sure, because I, I, I've been with them I, was over 15 years, but they're about, most, I, Brian and Gordon, I think they're like maybe 10 to 15 years older than I am. So, and they also, they had their, if they had any wild days, it was in early. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So a minute in, ago. Like, You're the oh, new kid. So, yeah, no, they don't, we don't roll that way. I mean, a wild night for us is like a big steak dinner and maybe some scotch. There's nothing yeah, wrong I mean, with that. I love built a podcast. On that. That's okay. I love it. <laughs> you know, and, oh, you, and it, 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 I'm sure it doesn't suck. I mean, what did you, what, did I see you played the Hollywood bowl? You know, you, yeah. yeah, you probably got to play places that you only dreamed about when you were learning how to play drums. And you said that's you amazing. were, you were a fan yeah. of the band anyway. So that, yeah. that's uh, just a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. They were my first concert. Yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to join a band in the nineties, but I, you know, I was 15 whatever. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there were, yeah. The one place we haven't played, they played there in 86, but I, my dream is Carnegie hall. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I mean, Hollywood bowl, uh, the Fillmore, um, Massey hall, uh, Coachella, even Coachella. Yeah, Coachella. I mean, yep. 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 I yeah. Mean, you're looking out at 80,000 people. I mean, it's Stephen it's Colbert. You, you just said that. Yeah. 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 TV at Colbert was it's, it's yeah. I mean, the list goes on and it's, it's funny because it's sound check, you know, you walk out and you're on a stage and you're like, this is where the Beatles, mm-hmm. you know, like, this is where, like, you know, like Shepherd's Bush. That's another one in, in London. And the sort of Beatles played. The Who played on this stage. Right <laughs> on here. this stage, this I want to touch the wood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then oh, yeah, right, or uh, and then what was the other place? Uh, there's so many of them, but nonetheless, 
then you have to get this it's game time yeah game time you know and so that that can be it you take it as inspiration but you're there to do what you should be the next you should be the person that the next generation comes up and goes man yeah right here (laughs) yep this barbecue was set up right there right there on that stage yeah you have to moderate a lot of that otherwise you know of course it can you know maybe make you nervous or go (laughs) yeah so many great places um you know that I mean, it's, it's amazing. Well, I, I, I really believe that certain places or everything has an essence to it, you know, and, and you know, a vibration off it and, and any good room, you know, I, I, I'm very like superstitious of even the things that I use in here. Like uh, I have this, you can't see it, but this really shitty, shitty beat up 15, 20 year old MacBook that I've been doing, I've done between the two podcasts, probably 350 episodes out of. And uh, I, I'm afraid something's going to happen to it. And all oh my good luck, Voodoo will, will leave with my MacBook. It's held together by duct tape and stickers at this point. But there's so much good karma in that thing. In rooms like that, I talked to uh, uh, Steve Kilby from the church a couple weeks ago. Oh, which, cool. Yeah. Which scared the hell out of me. He's intimidating. And, and uh, uh, he talked about like his base. And he, he was like, that's, that's the best, he, he said, that's the best bass in the world, that bass right yeah. there. And not, not quality wise. He just says, I've had so many good shows and bad shows and made so many decisions and had so many good times with it. Like magic comes off it. Sure. You know, and I, I'm, I, I, I get that vibe off places, especially when you travel, you go, you, I mean, you probably get a chance to sightsee or, you know, go like maybe, a, you know, I got an afternoon and off. I'm going to go visit this place or go, you know, go down there or even, oh, even just an old bar or old pub, you know, just sitting at a bar yeah. stool and think about who sat there and, you know, the conversations that have happened. And, uh, I, I love that kind of shit, you know, and I'm lucky. Oh, I, 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 love it too. I get, I, I'm with you. And that, yeah, that's the beauty of the travel, uh, the traveling side of it. It's funny you bring up the bass thing because um, Brian Ritchie, the bass player for the Femmes, he still has the original bass that they recorded the album on. Uh-huh. I had it in my house a number of years ago. Well, that'd be I scary. Forgot. I'd be afraid of my house would burn down or something. It's funny you say yeah. that. I, <laughs> no. I think it's, we were moving. The gear was getting moved from one storage unit or something, or he was moving. I can't remember why, but I had the original bass in the house, and he said, that's the original bass. Don't drop it. Don't. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, that was really something. And um, that has the sound. But he also, he doesn't use that anymore on the road. That's kind of in the archives. But it's the Ernie Ball Earthwood bass. That sound is the Femmes. Yep, yep, yep. And so it wasn't just about how many great shows, but like you're talking about that vibe or that energy or the vibration. That just works for Brian. That's, it's it's the sound of the, of the, of the Femmes, you know. And um, he hoards them. I know he's been, he buys them. <laughs> Every time he sees them on eBay and all that, he buys them. But yeah, it's interesting how those things are. Like what you're talking about with your MacBook. Or we all, it's like uh, baseball players have routines and yep, yep. superstitions. So yeah, no, I, I, I totally buy into it. Oh, I'm I, a- I, I don't know if I have one. I might have one. I, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, but. I'm gonna, yeah, we all have little routines, right? I'm going to ask you some questions now. Question number one for you. Yeah. Uh, how many people need to show up to a party before it's considered a party? Sub-question, how many people need to leave before it's not considered a party any longer? Some math uh, question. I'm, 
Okay, no, 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 no. It's, yeah. Why are you see him in drummer? I can only count to four. No, <laughs> drummer joke. Put on pump. I like I it. Wait, in seven, eight. I, can count to seven. <laughs> I have to subdivide it. Um, uh, you know, I was going to say ten. Okay. Say ten people. Yeah, ten people becomes a party. And when is it not a party anymore? Uh, Nine maybe people. When Five or less. I think I like, think that's solid because I think if you take yeah. like a couple out, that's down to eight, and then one guy bounces or leaves with a couple, where where it's seven. But five is more of a conversation thing. Question number two for you. Yeah. Do animals uh, think that uh, that cars are machines, or do they think that they're just another weird animal? You know, that's. I was just thinking about this. <laughs> Were you really? Well, <laughs> no, no one's ever thought of no, that. No, no, no. Something very similar to this because I was, uh, I got went down this rabbit hole last night of here in Wisconsin. We don't have like panthers and lions. We don't have that. It's not Florida. Typically, but yeah. they're, they do, we do, they, they've been spotting them. I'm watching these videos. There's lions and walking around. <laughs> a panther walked up to this person's, a pan, it was like a black panther. It walked up to somebody's back window at six in the morning. And then I was talking to my girlfriend about it. I'm like, what do you think? Like <laughs> dogs, when dogs see those things, they're going like, oh, oh, I, what is that? <laughs> you know, because we know what it is, but yeah. we don't see it. Like, what is the animal thing? So along those lines, yeah, I would, I'm going to go with, I think that they think they're a weird animal. <laughs> I think my dog does. She's... Or maybe they don't think at all. They yeah. don't care. Like they just, it, it's like, they don't even care. I don't know. I would say another animal. I, I, I often <laughs> wonder what my sweet Rosie, the official dog of Scotch, a good conversation thinks of things. Cause she is such a Frady cat and she, uh, she's a big dog and she's got an intimidating bark, but man, I, she's afraid of everything. And especially like when we first got her, like I couldn't walk her outside without like her jumping, like if a car went by or somebody came by, you know, uh, like too close or something. I, I, it must be nice to be able to go through the world with that set of like, wow, like it's almost a child's wonder, you know, wow, that's big and shiny. You know, I'm going to go smell its butthole, you know, or, or, or that, that, that thing like that. It's way bigger than me. I'm going to be afraid of that. And I'm not saying I'm smarter than my dog. I, I, I am. I'm not, I'm not as smart as most dogs. Uh, but, uh, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I think they probably think that it's just something to avoid. Question number three for you. What's the harshest punishment you ever received from your parents? And what did you do to deserve that? I honestly, I don't, I can't think of one. What a My good boy. Don't. Yeah. No, I didn't say that. <laughs> um, it's strange because now I'm a parent and you know, my kids are pretty good for the most part. Um, I think probably I'm probably rougher on my kids than my parents were on me. But um, I no, I really honestly I can't say that my parents. There's nothing I can think of. My they were always they were pretty relaxed, down to earth, and I guess my mom would always say, "Listen, I raised you. You know the difference between right and wrong. You know, yelling at you, you you if you screw up, you already know you screwed up. So <laughs> I expect more from you." You, you, I used to get, get that arrested. a lot. Yeah, that would that I would hurt. Get punished. I didn't get punished. I was never grounded. Uh, my parents didn't do that. Um, I don't know. No, I can't. Honestly, I can say they they were they were pretty relaxed. Did, did I see someone in your family? I'm guessing your dad was in a polka band or some sort of yeah, band my, with an accordion. Yeah, my dad. He he did a lot of polka music. Um, 
he did a lot of he did some country and western. So he played the, the polka side of it. He, he his his big gig was uh, Frankie Yankovic. He That's played with Yankovic. Al Yankovic's dad. Or no, oh, okay. There was another Yankovic. Might be, but yeah. no, not that. Yeah. So that's the Polka King, you know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was a big deal. So my dad did some work with him in his seventies, and then he did some some country music because country was really had its like insurgence in the late sixties. Yep, yep. So his group played open up for locally here in Milwaukee with uh, for uh, Buck Owens and Loretta Lynn. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was always supplemental, and he just—he was a—he was—he. I mean, he still loves the instrument. You know, my dad's eighty-one years old, and yeah, he loves the instrument. He loved playing music, but it was always a side thing. So for me, when I got into it because of him, he didn't. There was, you know, he wasn't very handy with tools or anything like that. So it was the only thing I, in my mind, thought he could pass down to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I wanted him to. He played me. drums too, also. Yeah. 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 And um, I told him at some point, I said, listen, I want to like, I want to go out and tour the world. I'm not saying I want to be famous, but I want to go out and be able to do that for a living and have it be playing music. And they were very encouraging, my mom and dad. You know, they said, well, listen, you know, of course, you got to, you know, make sure you pay your bills, but go for it. That's good. My dad, my dad didn't have that in him. And I'll tell you, being on the road is not for everyone, but the for the people that it it, it it that it works for it it's it's addicting and i think that's another thing that's really a problem now is that we're all sitting at home all of us you know road dogs and we're it's killing us yeah yeah I've you know this. i'm missing it i miss being on the bus you know Do you I miss mean, not being able to poop on a bus no one misses that part of it like that that well, i never yeah. had that problem okay. you know like i would our bus driver we have this we use the same bus driver one or two bus drivers and I have no problem going up there and saying, Hey, smooth. Can you pull the bus? Over? Smooth. I the bus it. driver. Smooth. Yeah. Name's smooth. Yeah. Uh, of course. Great guy. Yeah. yeah this, You'd have to be. Uh, I think they're in Tennessee. Um, uh, Russell coach. And so once you, cause the bus driver is the guy that's got everybody's lives in their hands. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we don't, we aren't the kind of group where, there's this hierarchy. There is a hierarchy, but we don't, we don't treat people like, oh, don't look at the artist in the eyes or anything like that. Oh, you should. I mean, yeah, yeah. so he's like family to us. I do that with my wife all the time. What's that? I do that with my wife all the time. She's not allowed to look well, at me in the eyes. Too, yeah, of course. Listens. It's for men. But anyway, yeah. he's the guy's family. Nobody the listens. Guy's so yeah, smooth, so smooth is family, and he'll let you poo poo when you need to. Smooth is family. Okay. And I'll say smooth, pull the bus over. But um, no, that part. It's funny. It's like you know that rule. <laughs> because you know, if you ever have like a guest on the bus, that's the one thing you're like, listen. Why do they even put toilets? I guess you can pee in them. I guess. Yeah, that, that's. Uh, Was it? I said, why do they even put toilets in there? But I guess you you can pee in them. I. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah right. Do you ever do the but plastic it, bag trick? Isn't that a trick? Like I've I've heard that. Like that, that okay. seems like it's yeah. a, like a, you're an animal if you do that. Yeah, but right. I was taught that when I fir- we first started touring and I, I was like a rookie. And yeah, you use the bag and then you go to the back um, back lounge and you throw it out the window. <laughs> <laughs> we don't do that. Okay. We don't do that, any, that nobody, <laughs> but I was taught that by someone. 
Um, it's never come down. Good. I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I like you, and I don't want you to have to do that. No, thanks. Uh, yeah. Looking out for me now. Yeah. What do you call it? The Dave Matthews Band dumped all their poo poo and pee pee on on doors. Oh, That's yeah. so that was, bad. That was a bad move. Yeah, that was just, a real bad move. Smooth wasn't driving that bus. No, no, no. no. That's, we, no some these rookie. Guys are, these guys are no. They 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 keep they keep their act together. <laughs> but yeah, it's funny. Like with the Fems organization, it's 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 very much. All the way to the driver. The driver is just as important as everybody else. You know? have to be. I, I got a good buddy who uh, is a tour manager of a pretty big artist, and he tours all over the world. And just the logistics that go out, go with going oh, yeah. out, like just just between getting instruments there, getting people to show up, getting buses, you know, and if one little thing falls out of the cog that is the machine, it can ruin a show for a night which is people's you know and people buy tickets for that and you know it's and eric is a tour manager so he's kind of oversees all of that and who is he tour manager for uh lindsey sterling she plays uh the violin and dances yes yes i know she is yeah and eric he's should be out on the road right now. They were supposed to go to Russia. And I, I think at the beginning of all this, I think it was Russia and they, he got on a plane and they turned the plane around that. That's oh, wow. yeah. They literally like turned, turned around midway. And yeah, I was supposed to go to Australia. Yeah. It was like the next maybe two days, but I, I can't even imagine being on the plane and having to turn around. That's brutal. I, I, uh, at the beginning of all this, I talked to Amanda Kramer from the psychedelic furs and she was in information society. Okay. And she broke it down for me. Cause I really thought there was a glimmer of hope. And, and she was yeah. like, she's like, I think it was so sweet. She said, no, darling, we're not going anywhere anytime soon. And I felt like my mommy schooled me for a second and, yeah. I, and she saw it, she saw it coming and she's wise, wise, smart, just a beautiful person. And, uh, uh, she's like, no, we're not going anywhere. The, the world is changing. The, the music industry is changing yeah. and we're going to have to rethink how we do things. And yeah, well, it's uh, absolutely. And you know, like you were saying about the tour manager thing. I mean, uh, our tour manager is a good friend of mine and I, he's, he's, he'll come here and stay with me in Milwaukee and he'll advance the tours. Like you, like the, it takes so much time on the back end mm-hmm. to prepare for a tour or even like, a, uh, let's say you do a festival. Yep. There's no way that we're going to just open up and think that you're going to just plan a tour and do routing and do venues. I mean, it's going to be, that's we're shut down. I mean, there's, it's not just, okay, cool. We're open. Now let's play a gig and people are going to come. No. There's so much more involved and yeah, we're shut down and it's, it sucks. It's, 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 it's a rough, I, rough I, thing I, for I, all I, of us. Again, I mean, I, I, I know, I don't know. Like, again, I mean, I know I'm on so, so far removed from it, but I know more than probably average person knows. Uh, there, there is a way to reinvent it. You guys will figure it out, you know, yes. And, yes. and like, and there's a need for, especially now more than ever, we need music. You know, we, I, I'm, I'm hungry for it. Like I, I, I can't wait to be able to go to a show, but I, I'm not going anytime soon. Orlando yeah. that like this weekend is the first weekend that, like the bars are open, open. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. They, I you guys open up there's, already. there's social, like they have social distancing rules in place, but, uh, I've got, uh, how many bars do I have that are sponsors Two. I have two bars that are sponsors and they're both opening. And I, I, I've talked to them. I was like, I love you. I'll advertise your opening, but I ain't coming by anytime soon. 
you know, um, but, uh, you know, and, and that's up to people. If people want to go, I, I encourage them to go safely, go and, you know, uh, wear that mask, pull it down, drink a beer, pull it back up. <laughs> you know, I use my sponsors. It's better than going to Walmart or something. <laughs> you know? I, 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 I saw a mask where it opens up. There's like a little plastic <laughs> door on it. Uh, yeah, I want yeah. everybody to be safe, of course. And it's it's a really confusing time, you know. And it's funny you're saying uh, you would love to go to a show more than anything right now. And it, I guess it's like if there's any there's if there's any time, it would be now. Yeah, we really need Rage really Against the Machine. We, I was thinking about that last night. I was, you know, I'll tell you, I think somebody needs to somebody if there's any time somebody needs to write a song like you know when i was growing up we, there was always these we are the world uh -huh. yeah. you know or all these different you know what i mean yep and there there's we need a song we do need an anthem it would be nice if we had again bringing it back to needing music or blues i mean the idea of blues and singing about heartache and we're gonna get through it yep. it sucks right now and there's better days now would be a great time there's... I mean, I can't, I, I couldn't, I, I'm not a songwriter per se. I mean, I write lyrics, but if somebody's out there and this is the time to do it, yeah, it would be great to bring people together. There's stuff, good stuff's going to come out of the mud, man. Like, I, I yeah, really, exactly. I really I believe it. What you're saying. Sure. You know, I, I, I artists are, are work out of struggle. And, you know, I even like the, the, this podcast is the first thing that I've ever felt like I've done that actually is artistic. Like there's there's oh, so awesome. there's so many components yeah. that go into this. And I feel like I'm doing some of my best shows. And I, 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 I and like, like I said, I I'm so thankful to get to talk to you. I probably wouldn't normally get a chance to talk to you. But under normal circumstances, I would much rather have you sitting on the couch across from me. And sure. get to experience the full, like my dog barking at you. We go in the backyard and have a beer when we're done. Uh, the nervous chatter in our kitchen beforehand. Like it's, to me, that, <laughs> that's, that's all, that's the good part. This part is easy. Like this, I, I can do with my eyes closed at this point. Uh, and I do. Uh, uh, but like the other, all the other logistics of it. But I, I feel like I'm doing some of my best work. And I'm sort of afraid what's going to happen when when people go back on the road and don't have time to talk computer anymore. That'll make me sad. I'll call you again. <laughs> uh, your second question to me, please. Okay. Um, what old school technology or way of life do you miss most in today's society? Words are the enemy. I, I, I can talk sort of, kind of, a little bit. Uh, but I can't. I, I can't spell. I don't know punctuation. Grammar's not my, my forte. Uh, but I used to journal when I was a kid a little bit. And and I really, like, enjoyed that, that, you know, just pouring your heart out in, onto paper. And I'm assuming some, somebody does it. I mean, we got emo stars that I'm sure that's what they do. They write in notebooks. But I, I for me personally, I, I keep wishing I could get back into that. And every year, I like, it's probably right here. Uh, every year I buy myself a little notebook and tell myself I'm going to write in it and it turns into, uh, well, let me see the scribblings for show notes. Like those are my show notes. Like, you can see how it's just chicken scratch. <laughs> like, and sometimes I'll write, uh, the show notes and I'll, I'll misspell words so badly that I don't know what I wrote. Like I, I'm like, oh, wow, I have, yes. I have no idea what I was thinking, but, uh, I, I, 
I miss that. And I think that's, I don't know, like, I don't have kids. Maybe, maybe you can tell me like, do kids do that? The kids still write in diaries. Boys you know, call them journals. I think that's, you know, right. right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, there, I think there, my kids, my one son does, he does, he does write poetry. Uh, but yeah, I think in general, that's, it's, it's kind of a lost thing, isn't it? Just writing in, in, in like writing it, like it's, it, it's, I think texting is replacing notes. I remember passing notes back and forth and I, I loved and hated notes because I couldn't spell and I couldn't, I, you know, but I would, I, I would love to see the notes I wrote my high school girlfriends. I'm sure they burned oh, them man. and threw them away and, and pooped on them. But I, yeah, yeah. I, I would, I would love to see them uh, at the beginning of the podcast when like the first 50 episodes, I did this thing where I took out my high school journal and, oh, wow. and I would have my guest read it. And again, it goes back to the, the handwriting was so bad and the spelling was so bad, which made it funny for me, but I don't think it translated to anybody else. Um, and it was all just about me. I, all I desperately wanted to do was see a booby like that. That's like, that was the underlining theme of 200 pages of journaling through high school was I wish a girl would kiss me. This girl, I, I, I want to see her naked. Like it was just the ramblings of, of an insanely hormoned 14, 15 year old, sure, sure, of course. You, you know, just your average kid stuff. But I, 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 I love that. And I love notes and folding them. And I, I think you might've caught the end of that. Did you have a phone? Were you old enough to have a phone in high school? A, a cell phone? Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you're, you're, no, no, you're... I, no they didn't have. Uh, okay. No, I, so, so you probably I'm passed 40. notes in class. Yeah. 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 I'm 43. So okay. Like, I thought you were that, younger the than that. thing kind of kicked in for like around the nine, like 95, 96. Okay. I think so. No, I didn't have a cell phone. I had a home phone. Yeah. Yeah. So if I called a girl, I had to call her and then like, her parents would answer and I would have to ask for her. <laughs> that's great though. That, that's, that's the best, you know, oh my you, you got to work around like, that, you know, you know, and then if they had like more than one phone in the house, the mom, you would maybe hear her like pick picking up, up. And listening. Yep. Yeah. So it, right. So I guess if anything, that, that would be one of mine, that would be my answer. Yeah. Uh, th those moments, those experiences are, are lost. I'm not trying to be that the crotchety old guy that say, Oh, these kids, but that's, it's too bad that this generation doesn't get to experience but they that. But they got their own set of shit. And I don't pretend to understand kids. I don't have them. I don't know no. about them. But they have, they've, they've got shit we couldn't even think about. You know, like, uh, and I, internet, like, the confusing, the bullying, all that bullshit that goes on on Facebook and shaming and crap like that. And that stuff, I couldn't handle that when I was a kid. I'd be crying constantly. Yeah, but hold on. Journaling, you know. Didn't it happen to all of us in some way? Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, it's, I, I honestly think that, you know, things are more or less the same than they were, you know, like you hear older people, my, my age and older go, Oh, well, it was different when I was a kid. It was so much better. No, it wasn't. It, it we yeah. had, we had all had our own shit. We all, everybody got yeah. picked on, you know, and some people got more and some people got less and some people were yep. the bullies, but all of us had self doubt. All of us had sad days and good days. And, you know, and uh, all of us wanted to just wanted to see whatever our collective booby was. Like we all just wanted something. And yeah. I, I turned it all around. I answered your question. Nailed it. Yeah. Podcasting. I, I, uh, you know, I, I, we all just wanted, you know, just something out of life. And, and I, I miss that, that journaling part. And I think that's part of what this podcast is for me. Yeah. It, it's to just pour my shit out on a page, be it a digital page and, yeah. and let the world read it. And 
that's a little terrifying. But I, when I started, I told myself, if someone asked me a question, I would answer as truthfully as possible. That's why I tell my mom, don't listen to this podcast. You don't want to hear these stories. <laughs> your your yeah, son, yeah. it wasn't the Eagle Scout church boy you thought he was. Um, yeah, yeah. We're going to take a real quick break. Uh, here's a commercial. Injured on the go. Remember, just call Mo. Ah, dinner time. Pleasant, unemotional conversation helps digestion. Don't monopolize the conversation and go on and on without stopping. Nothing destroys the charm of a meal more quickly. Don't discuss unpleasant topics such as gruesome sights or sounds. Do remember simply this. The dinner table is no place for discontent. Dinner Good Conversation, a place for discontent. Available wherever you find good podcasts. This part of the show is brought to you by Compass Box Whiskey. They make a beautiful bottle of whiskey. Go into your local liquor store, and if they don't have it, then leave. <laughs> Ask for it and make them get it. And then uh, when I get in, just pick whatever bottle is the prettiest. And I, and I know that sounds dumb, but the, even the artwork on the bottles is amazing. They're, they're, they kind of have this weird kind of... Uh, 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 kind of messing with the the institution that is whiskey they're kind of like a punk rock whiskey they're they're changing the rules and they're doing it so beautifully compass box whiskey also your button guy he is the punk rock of button guys he doesn't have an email address he doesn't have a phone number there are two ways to get a hold of them if you want buttons little pins for your band or your podcast or something facebook and instagram that those are the two ways he is a professional. He's got a great product. His prices are, are, are just amazing. And he's got a beautiful beard and just the most, most pretty blue eyes. My button guy is your button guy. You guys should use it. Also, while I get your attention real quick, and we're not talking about anything but Scotch and Good Conversation, go over to scotchandgoodconversation.com. Look around. I've done uh, close to 250 episodes. And even if you don't recognize the person I'm talking to, uh, just read the title, look at the picture, and I can guarantee that person has really, really good stories, and you might even learn a lesson. Also, uh, please go over to patreon.com slash gotch and good conversation. Uh, it's a way for me to make a little money and keep the lights on here in Rosyland. There are uh, blogs full of misspelled words. There's behind-the-scene photographs. There are some pictures of me naked. Yesterday, I posted a picture of me in drag in high school. It's worth your $2.50 a month and all the money that I, uh, I make over there. Just it, it, Like I said, it helps me pay my bills. Um, this part uh, of the show is brought to you by the Nook on Robinson. They are a local bar. And as of right now, they are open, open, open. They're able to serve. You're able to grab a beer. You can sit down. Uh, at some point they'll probably have bands back in there again and be doing all the thing they're famous for. They are kind of like a pub. You would love the Nook on Robinson. Uh, at any given time, there'll be a jazz band there or a punk band. They have hip hop nights. Uh, there's, there's, uh, shelves on the walls full of books you can sit outside. You can sit inside. It's 99% local Florida beers. It, it's it's small. It's quaint. It's local as hell. They are the Nook on Robinson. They're over in the Milk District at 32. Uh, they're over in the Milk District at 2432 East Robinson Street. Sorry, the Nook. This is an email. If you want to email me, email me over at scotchandgoodconversation at gmail.com. Keep them short. Don't use big words. Or I won't read them. I will just hit delete. This one literally says, as the, the subject, it's short and sweet and to the point, just like you like them. My listeners know me. It says, in your life so far, 
what have you wasted more time doing and what would you wish you would have done with that time? And it's a, Scott wrote that. He writes me a lot. I think Scott doesn't have a girlfriend or a significant other. He just loves well, me and my podcast. Thank you, Scott. Like a lucky man, actually. <laughs> I know, right? I'm the lucky one. He writes me great emails like that. Um, wow. That, you know, it's such a, that's a fantastic question. I guess, uh, uh sleeping. Wasted time Wasted, sleeping? Waste a lot of time sleeping. Oh, you're you know, lucky like, man. I wish I could sleep so well that no, I it's thought, not, yeah. No, you know, I know that sounds like I'm lazy or, or maybe I sleep a lot, but, um, I had, a, I had, there was a fellow here in Milwaukee. He used to own a drum shop and he always would tell me, he's like, Listen, I, I, he's like sleeping. You'll do that when you, you you have plenty of time to do that when you die. Sleep is the cousin of death. Yeah. Get get to work. Start working. Um, I, I can't regret. You know, I don't think I ever wasted. A, I, I I don't think I ever waste any of my time. Good for you. I mean, I've been in a situation where oh, this is a waste of my time. But I almost wonder too. In a lot of those situations where you feel like it's a waste, it's part of the process. Mm -hmm. You know. So I'm not trying to get philosophical, but I guess sleeping. You know? Okay, good. Okay. And and I, I Especially when I was younger, we don't need sleep when you're young. Don't you wish you could sleep like you did when you were a kid? Oh, I, oh god, I I just sleep like 14 hours and get up and then like get a glass of milk and then go back in the bedroom and sleep another like 10 hours. You know? I, yeah, it's amazing, but now it seems like it doesn't matter what time I go to bed, your body just wakes up at a certain time mm -hmm. and it, it, yeah and it's it's that's not cool uh, <laughs> well i'm certainly i'm certainly not wasting time sleeping now as i'm getting into my later part of my life but uh yeah that would be the only thing i guess it's just i, I wish it would have it would have been and i know it sounds kind of cavalier but um or Spartan, whatever, but uh, sleeping. I wish I would have been working more. I, I should am, have been working things. I imagine touring as much as you do. You're pretty good at sleeping pretty much anywhere. I've seen those little coffins yeah. that you guys live in. <laughs> like, like there. And I know they're yeah. sort of soundproofed and probably more comfortable yeah. than my first apartment, but they're still small and uh, made for sleeping. I love it. It's like, a, it's like being a kid. It's like a fort on wheels. <laughs> you know what I mean? And all your buddies are in the same fort. Always beat. Forward, that, that's the rule, right? Feet forward towards the front of the bus? Yes. Yes. Correct. All right. You don't want to go Cliff Burton. Oh, you, yeah. Well, you, I'm sure you've talked to enough people, but yes, that's, that's, that's another one. Uh, you never think about that shit, but you, <laughs> you stop short, yeah. you're going to mess your oh, world we have up. A bunch of, and we, in, in every group, every band has different rules on the bus, you know? I mean, um, but yeah, there are certain things like don't leave your personal belongings in public areas. Yeah, that's just, know? just be nice. Yeah, that, that's just being proper. Yeah. yeah. And I, when I first started touring, uh, this older tour manager, he said, listen, if you leave any of your personal stuff out, um, he was, he toured, he was tour manager for a bunch of metal bands. <laughs> so they had a, and he's like, I, I will grab a Sharpie and I will draw a dick <laughs> on anything you leave out. I should do that around here. <laughs> and, and I thought, you know, okay. I probably don't want that on my laptop or on my shoes. <laughs> Go on stage with dicks all over your shoes. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it was, when I came, when I first started touring, yeah, it was like, I was a rookie. So, it, you know, it was, it was like a, a crash course into touring. I mean, I was touring in vans, of course. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. A little kind of the panel bands. Yeah. Cargo. But the minute, right. The minute I got involved with the fems, it was like, I went from the van to the bus. Nice. And these are whole, you know, airplanes flying around and all that. And, it's a, that's a whole different world, you know? So it's a different set of rules too. 
It's probably, I, I imagine it's also what you really wanted when you thought of being in a band. You went, oh, I can get on a tour bus and it's going to be cool. And there's a yeah. common area and get my little bunk. And, and I didn't even know. I had never been on a tour bus until the first time I was with the fans. <laughs> you really jumped into the fire, didn't you, man? Good yeah, yeah, you. man. Because, you know, like, you don't typically, I guess I wasn't like hanging around trying to get on bands, buses, or I was, you know what I mean? I was a fan. Yeah, but, but I wasn't kind of a fan. So I had never been on a tour bus and, you know, you don't really let strangers on the bus, you you know, tip, at least in our camp, we don't just because that's everybody's home and you can have one stranger on there. You don't know them and they steal something. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. Yeah. So I've never been on a bus and I fly to, uh, I forget where for the first gig I played with the fam. So I fly over the fly there and then I get on a bus and I'm, there's this moment where I'm looking around. I'm like, Holy shit! I'm on a tour. I'm on a tour. I I live here now. <laughs> I'm sitting next to these. These are the guys that you know. I I they were my first. I'm like holy shit. And then I I, I kind of had to like check myself. Be cool. Said, be cool. Be cool. <laughs> Don't let it show. Yeah, yeah. That moment. And then I said, wait a minute. No, this is what you worked been working your ass off for. Yep. You know the whole time. You deserve to be here. You're here for a reason, because uh -huh. you, you know. Yeah, yeah. They chose and you. So, you didn't choose. Well, you probably chose them, but yeah. I, well, I chose them, but yeah, the, that whole story is that's a whole nother thing. It's just, but um, I just I yeah. This is where I, this is where I deserve to be. Where and then after that, it was like okay, now now it's time to go to work. The same thing, like I was saying, with these some of these houses that you know these these venues. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. You take it in for a little bit, then you got to check yourself, and okay, now. I'm, this is what I'm here to do. Yep, turn it on. You do what do what I do well. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's you know yeah, what people what people want to see. This is what you're getting paid for. Ultimately, I mean, it, it's your art form. It's what you taught yourself how to do. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I, like I said with the podcast, it, it's it's still really new in the grand scheme. I mean, I've been doing it four years, and between my two, I, I got another podcast called Dinner and Good Conversation. Uh, but between that podcast, this podcast, and I've been on like dozens of other, I mean, I've done hundreds of these things sure. and I still get nervous. I still like at the end, I usually feel like I failed <laughs> because again, I'm still that, that 14 year old boy running in his journal, you know, yeah. only when I'm done, I got to go back and listen to the whole thing. But I also edit, so I'll try to make my journals at least sound as good as as I could. I'll take out all my um and ah and all those mistakes know. and stuff. You know, I get to go through an erase, which is really nice. It sometimes it still sounds like a train wreck, but I I love the they can't all be perfect. I I love the the pressure of I need to have this out by Thursday because people are paying me to do it. I I love the whole thing about it, and I always wanted to find my art, and I think this might be it. I don't know. Maybe I'll take up drumming. We're a rare breed. Also, <laughs> unfortunately, it's a fraternity. So, you know, if we need therapy, we can just go to another drummer and we can talk about An another meeting. Yeah, I talked to uh, a couple weeks ago. I talked to uh, Ira Elliott from uh, Not A Surf. You okay, know, sure. Yeah, and, and uh, he, he he's like, I was like, what time's good for you? I usually record in the afternoon. He said, can I call you at 11 at night? And I went, no, you can't call me at 11 at night. He said, well, I just wake up around 8, 30, 9 o'clock. And, and uh, so I said, how about 10? Is that okay? Is that a kind of a nice compromise? You know, I'd like to be right. in bed by 12. And he's okay, that's cool. And I called up and he, he was sitting there drinking scotch and eating gummy worms. <laughs> It's like gummy, gummy worms, gummy worms and scotch. And scotch. Yeah. And like, 
That yeah. might be my new fuck. He might be my new hero. <laughs> he's he's a cool That's guy. Rock and roll. Yeah, right there, he buddy. he's very rock and roll. He's he's an interesting dude. I talked to him for like two hours, and uh, he uh, I, I've talked to a number of drummers, and one of my favorite drum stories. I used to sort of, kind of, a little bit run sound for a band. This is when I was a teenager, and I, I passed by their practice. They didn't really need me, but I was just hanging out, and I was driving home, and the drummer was on his bike. And I passed him and he had a Walkman on. This is the eighties sure. and he's riding his bike with his hands off and his eyes were closed and he was drumming in the air <laughs> and he's just riding down the street, air drumming with sticks in his hands. And I honked the horn and he almost fell over and I'm like, Bobby, you're going to fucking kill yourself, man. Like what, what's wrong with you? And he's like, well, I was just trying to figure this out. And that, that to me sums up drummers. Like, I mean, you're the, you're the heart of the band. You're, you're the backbone. You're the rhythm section without you guys. It, it's, uh, yeah. And you've taken something and make it even more interesting. You, do you, what's that box thing? Do you play the box thing also? Yeah. yeah. That, that's a, that's kind of came out of, have you always played that or is that something new? Cause I've noticed that's how I came into the band actually. Weren't you, were you in the drums of mayhem? Am I wrong on that? Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Horns of Dilemma. Horns of Dilemma. <laughs> yeah. That's how I came into the fans. Okay. Uh, yeah, Victor, the original drummer, was still with the group mm-hmm. at the time, and Brian wanted to kind of add like a little bit of low end, you know, like give it a little bit more push. Uh-huh. And he said, "That's how I." And he's like, "Well, it, you know, he kind of auditioned me. I didn't realize I was being auditioned." And he said, "All right, he handed me a piece of paper. And he said, well, okay, call the tour manager. These are the three dates." <laughs> and I'm like, "What?" He's like, "Yeah, we're going on tour." So that's I call my mom. Was, yeah. Yeah, it was it was playing the Cajon, and at that at that time the Cajon was not really like, it was just starting to kind of get into the mainstream. Like I think Destiny's Child, uh, maybe even not a Surf. They maybe they had like I think they may have had a Cajon. I could be wrong about that, but there are only a few mainstream artists using a Cajon on stage like <laughs> regularly. You know? Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, that's how that's how I. That was my ticket to success. So you played the cajon in the Horns of Dilemma. Were there horns in the Horns of Dilemma, or was it just yeah. you? Okay, I, I don't... Yeah, there would be horns. Yeah, we would have... Uh, and we still do this, you know, city to city. We have different people that come in and sit in with That's really cool. That must be exciting yeah, for people. We always have one uh, consistent horn player in the okay. band. Yeah, yeah. So like originally when I came into the band, it was Steve McKay. And Steve McKay was uh, with the Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Mm-hmm. And um, then in Europe, we would u- we would use uh, Dick Perry, who is on Dark Side of the Moon. I saw that on your website. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Hanging out with uh, yeah, yeah, Dick was great. And now we have a, a great guy. Uh, he's he's actually he's younger than I am, so he's kind of the new guy. But he's, <laughs> nice. been, singing, he's, been, he's been with the band, uh, you know, consistently for about seven years. But he was sitting in with the band when he was thirteen and fourteen. Years oh my old. goodness. Yeah, his name is Blaze Garza. and That's um, a great rock and roll name. Oh, man. He was a child actor. Okay. So he when we, we do signings after each show, uh-huh. and he had a coach. Before he even knew how to spell, he had a coach teach him how to sign his name. <laughs> I he was like that. on this, another world or something. He was like. Oh, okay. Like, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know who I he is, but yeah, he was a legitimate thing. And now he's, yeah. Yeah. I don't and like so him. Yeah, he makes me mad name, <laughs> with his success. Yeah, and it's like, 
he signs his name and I always, I love teasing him because he takes his time with it. Cause he was taught yeah. how to do this since he was a kid and he's been doing this his whole life. He had an so autograph I, coach yeah. that, that I didn't even, there's someone, that's a job. <laughs> autograph coach is a job. That's, yeah. oh, that's silly. That's we a, did. <laughs> oh, and he, had, he could choose between three different styles. Oh, nice. Yeah. Blaze, Blaze, that's his name. Blaze. Oh, so he, <laughs> I need an autograph coach or just of a teacher. Yeah, that, that's, um, <laughs> here's a commercial. Have you been injured on the go? Remember, just call Mo. Lafem du Fromage Orlando's Cheese Shop is open for business for all your cheesy needs. Artisan handcrafted cheeses from around the world with a friendly, knowledgeable staff to help you out. Go by today. Visit Grilled Cheese Happy Hour this Friday and grab something delicious. They're located at 3201 Kareen Drive in the East End Market. Lafem du Fromage is Orlando's Cheese Shop. Tell them you heard about them on Scotch and Good Conversation. You need a beer. Red Light, Red Light's got you covered. They are open for business. Award-winning in-house brews. 300 bottles and cans. Cool, comfortable surroundings inside and outside seating. Food trucks, they got you covered. Red Light, Red Light is located in the Audubon Park Garden District at 2810 Drive. Go by today. Red Light, Red Light Beer Parlor. Number five for you. These, these, you got to think about this. You're in charge of giving uh, slogans to, to businesses, but you need to give them truthful slogans. So I'm going to throw out some, some companies and you need to give truthful slogans to these companies. So, so for instance, uh, are you familiar with the Olive Garden and the breadsticks? Sure. Uh, a slogan for the Olive Garden. Truthful though. Truth in advertising, the Olive Garden. Oh, you know what? Breadsticks. Uh, they'll give your ass truly a kick. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Um, Facebook. Well, Facebook is like face crack. What do you call it? Crack. Like face crack. Face or, crack. Um, what did they used to call you? Face. Yeah, that's a, yeah. This, this. I don't know. Okay. We'll, we'll just we'll do we'll do two more. Uh, Pornhub. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so you just skip that one. L- last one, uh, and this this hits home. Uh, Disney, because they're like six miles from my home, twelve miles probably. Truth well, we in played, advertising. We, yeah, we played at the House of Blues at Disney. Uh, uh, yeah, Disney. It's not just for children. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because they because they can't afford to get an all shit on Disney. You don't have to. <laughs> but you know, like like. There's adults. They like I know. I know that grown. You know. I know adults that they they go there like with other adults without children. <laughs> we call those people crazy people. No, that there there's there's Disney podcast dude that are are adults who love Disney like and they go yeah. every weekend and man I I do everything I can do to just avoid that section of town. It, it's everything. It's weird. Oh, it's terrible. It's expensive. And here's how we've uh, judged the whole coronavirus. And how like uh, how out into the public we need to be is when Disney opens, that's a pretty good sign that maybe things are sort of back to normal, kind of. Yeah. And that quite frankly, I, I don't not that theory was our working theory, but I think they're opening soon and I still don't want to go out 
No. They were very good to a lot of their employees for as long as they could, too. They were, as much as I shit on Disney, uh, they were good to a, a good chunk of their employees and, and said, you know, even though we're not open, we're going to continue paying you. Oh, that's great. And, and I mean, the, the podcast, the other thing about it was I also wanted to call attention to, to things in Orlando because you talked about how much you love your city. Um, I wanted to call things uh, attention to the, the local bars and bands and restaurants and breweries and, and theater companies and tattoo shops and the things that make us an interesting place. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell anybody who listens, I mean, I've got listenership, you know, I'm in, I'm in a lot of the world now, which is weird. Uh, and I'll tell people, I understand, come to Disney. There's a, there's a reason Disney's here. We make a lot of money off it, but also get out of the Disney area, you know, get out of, you know, uh, don't go to house of blues, go to the social, you know, don't, yeah. you know, don't, uh, don't go to a restaurant down on, in downtown Disney, come into the milk district, you know, and every city's got that. And if I can use my little voice here to call attention to some cool things that maybe my friends are doing or people I respect are doing, then I, I, you know, my job here is done. Um, quest I, wish I, 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 never, I didn't really get out when I was there and it's, it, I agree with you a hundred percent because we were in that, that whole area. Yeah. Cause we played at house of blues at Disney, which was fantastic. That's a nice but, venue house of blues out there. I mean, I've seen tons of concerts out there. It's awesome. It was yeah. great. But you're right, and I wish I would have had that opportunity to get out. The problem, it, you know, sometimes I don't always have that opportunity. You yeah, know, but also the problem with Orlando, especially for tourists, if you're coming in and you don't have a car, it it takes oh, yeah. to get from Disney to where I am, and it's probably about twelve miles. It'll take you forty five minutes an hour to get to get that twelve miles. And it so I, first of all, I don't go out there because it's just tourists and a lot a lot of mediocrity. Just bad restaurants and shit like that stuff. Sure. I'm not interested in and, and it's expensive. So we don't really go out there maybe once a year, usually like any other city, you know, if you, if you're there long enough, you can get a way to get in for free. Um, yeah. but, uh, like I, I imagine, I mean, you're, you're in town for what, like 16 hours, you know, 17 hours at, at the most, unless you got like a, a do two shows and you don't have, you don't have access to a car and take an Uber to take an Uber from, Disney to downtown will, you know, cost you 35, 40 bucks uh, one way. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. When I was in Orlando, I, no, we were there. I want to say we actually, we may have had a day off, but where we, where we were staying, like you were saying, it yeah. was so far away from everything. It didn't make any sense. I yep. mean, we could, I could get in over or I could, you know, we have a guy, we have a driver, like, you know, that drives. Um, yeah. A van guy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it, it's even even that it's everything was really I remember everything being spread out. Yep, that's and, us. We're a big little town. Yeah. So and then so it was the day off. It was for me. It was unless there was something specific I wanted to go see or do. I it, it was it yeah it was a kind of a pain in the, in the butt. But, one of one of my favorite. Now I now I have a new friend in Orlando. Yeah, you call. I'll, I'll come get you, dude. We'll we'll go we'll go, uh, we'll go to Red Light. We'll go to the Nook on Robinson. We'll, we'll, I'm all we'll, about it, buddy, for well, sure. One of uh, my favorite podcasts. One of the reasons I podcast was Mark Marin came to town at the beginning of the year, and I love Mark Marin. He's a huge influence on what I do. Uh, but he he shit on Orlando a little bit in the press the next day, and uh, man. He, he pissed some people off. I still love him. I still respect what he does. But uh, he, uh, and uh, uh, God, who's the guy who did that strange food show? 
not Anthony Bernan, the other guy. Anyway, some local, uh, some food guy who used to have a, a a a food show on like the Food Network came and shit on the Orlando food scene. Andrew something Zimmerman, Andrew Andrew Zimmerman, I think. Oh, I never heard of him. Yeah, he he shit on Orlando, and then but then he came back through because he got he caught so much shit on it. Like people just went ballistic on Facebook, and he came back through, and he he visited. Uh, a lot of local restaurants. He can, actually two of my sponsors, uh, La Femme du Fromage, who's a cheese company, a cheese shop here in town. They sponsor the oh, podcast. Cool. He went by there, and then he also went. They're not a sponsor anymore, but it's still a great place. There's a place called Orlando Meats that is a butcher and a restaurant, and he went there. It shows you the the quality of of my sponsors. My my local sponsors are great, but he came through and said yeah, he's yeah. sorry. We haven't heard much from Mark Marin. I still love you though, Mark, if you want to come on the podcast. Question number uh, six for you. Uh, if all humans were living in a perfect society, would we, would we know? Yeah, right. I don't think so. <laughs> It'd be nice though. <laughs> ignorance, ignorance is bliss. Even if you're ignorant to the perfect, I think. I could be yeah, wrong. Well, yeah. It seems like it's part of the human condition. Not everyone, but in general, it seems like somebody always is going to find something that's going to they want to complain Some, about somebody's it. Somebody's going to complain about it. That'd be me. It's it's hot Why here. Why are you so perfect around here? God. It's hot. Perfect is hot. Uh, second to last one. Uh, thinking back to the beginning of your existence, uh, do yeah. you do you identify yourself as a sperm cell or you identify yourself as an unfertilized egg? Uh, that's, wow, that's that's a great question. I don't write these. I steal them off the internet. Oh really? Yeah, I don't know any of these. That's hard. <laughs> you wouldn't under, You wouldn't be able to read your own writing. No, I wouldn't. I, I honestly couldn't spell unfertilized, <laughs> and sperm would make me giggle too much. Oh man, uh, I, I'm gonna go with a sperm cell. That's the right answer. It, oh, it is. I don't. know, man. Is, is, is there a right answer to that? <laughs> There's, that's this is a dumb throwaway question. I'm just trying to fill I love space. It. Uh, the, the last question, who do you know that I don't know should come on my podcast? This is where I get you to go through your mental Rolodex and pull out the coolest person you know and then make a phone call and say, I had such a good time over on Scotch Good Conversation and then send me his email address or her email address. First of all, all of that is true. <laughs> I, I've been having a blast with you here. Uh, wow. Well, you know what? You should. I should uh, Brian Ritchie would love to do this. I bet you he would love to do this. All right. Brian Ritchie would love this. And um, gosh, I don't know. Send me some names afterwards. What's that? Send me some names afterwards, if you don't mind. Uh, that's how I get a I lot. I absolutely will, but you know what? I, I, I can tell you, maybe it's, Brian is great. Brian's, you know, Brian's kind of a mentor to me, and he's he's a very intelligent, and he's well-spoken. Matter of fact, you, you're talking about, don't send me anything with big words. <laughs> there's this running joke between Brian and I, because Brian uh, did a lot of journalism and, and all that before he, he really his music career took off, and he still does. He can he continues to do that, but he uses he'll he use these big words with me, <laughs> and I, I at some point I just told him like Brian, listen, what's that mean? If we're gonna have a conversation. Do I need to bring a dictionary? Like, <laughs> I, like I, my, literally, I just tell him I'm like, listen, dumb it down, please. What, what is that? <laughs> You're at a, you're so at a then, nine. Bring it down to about a six, buddy. You're right. Yeah. I, so then I, I actually found out there is a word for people when they, people that use big words, and it's the and it, the word itself is sesquipedalian. 
can't spell that. I'm not going to memorize it. I had to, listen. I had to. I had to. You know, you can go on the internet. You can keep playing how to pronounce a word. Uh-huh. I worked on that word for at least three days. Sesquipedalian. Sesquipedalian. So, uh, but Brian, Brian would be a great. He, Which goes Brian's, back. Goes back to that question about wasting your time doing something. <laughs> but you memorized okay, it. That's right. Okay. So it wasn't a waste of time. That's right. Well, yes and no. <laughs> you don't get to use it much. Oh, only when I can only use it on Brian. <laughs> and me, apparently. <laughs> you can tell I'm missing all these guys. I'm like talking about it. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so there you go. <laughs> Thank you so much. You have fun. Was this cool? I'd like to think it's not oh, a normal. It's not a normal interview. And and I uh, I I got so sick of listening to interviews with like the people that I admired, where they you know you yeah. know what's and I covered what's tour life like, but it was mostly like how do you poop on a tour bus? And I already knew. Right. I just I just figured other people didn't know. Uh, if if the kids wanted to like find you on the internet or is there a website, a MySpace, uh, um, a Clubhouse, yeah, or something? My MySpace might still be up. <laughs> okay, yeah, uh-huh. uh, that's actually true. Yeah. Uh, I have a Facebook page, but I'm actually more active on Instagram. Okay, that's how I think I found you. On, yeah, in Twitter as well. Yeah. All right, I will put links in the show notes. Uh, hang out for one second. Uh, the haunting theme of Scotch A Good Conversation was written by my buddy, who's a hell of a musician uh, himself. His name is CJ Mask, and under normal circumstances, he'd be on the road. And uh, he's not because of all the craziness that's going on. If you need a theme song or an album mixed or mastered, or you need a hired gun to play on your records, get at me. I will get you at him. Please, I implore you. I'm begging you. I need the money. I need help. I need you so badly. Go to patreon.com slash scotch and good conversation. Look around uh, for a couple bucks a month. You can help keep the lights on. Help me not have to sell a kidney. There are naked pictures of me. True story. There's pictures of me in a dress now. True story. There's blogs. There's behind the scene interviews. There's videos. You got a lot of bang for a couple bucks a month and it helps me a little independent podcaster out. Um, Dinner Good Conversation, my other podcast. Check that out. Uh, there'll be links in the show notes. It's a lot like this, only my wife is involved, so it's much cuter. And we talk on our mic uh, on uh, on the mics with our mouths full of food, and we're usually pretty drunk. So that's a lot of fun, right? Go check that out. Dinner Good Conversation, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter. You can follow me there. You guys, the world's a confusing place. Uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, but if you just smile, if you just breathe, drink a glass of water. And uh, take care of each other. I think we're going to make it. You guys, uh, take care. Peace. Production.